You're listening to City Edge Church. For more information, go to cityedgechurch.com.au. Father, we thank you for Mike. We thank you for the word you put in his heart. We thank you for the power of your word, Lord, your holy scriptures, breathed out by the Holy Spirit, and uh, for the effectiveness uh, that they have by your power, Lord. Pray, Lord, that as Mike shares what you've put on his heart this morning, that none of us will walk out unaffected, Mm. whether that be conviction, challenge, or encouragement and faith-building, Lord. We pray that you will Mm. speak to each one of us through your word and through Mike's words, and and we just open our hearts and we open our minds to hear what you have to say to us this morning. So, Father, we, uh, we pray for Mike, we bless him, we, uh, we're looking forward to hearing what he has to share this morning. And uh, in Jesus' name, we, uh, we listen. Cool. Thanks, Anne. Well, this is a bit different. I've got an extra hand. Um, cool. So just to recap what I've been preaching about lately, I've started a mini-series in Hebrews 11 about faith. But as I'm going through this, I'm discovering it's not going to be a mini-series. So today I'm going to continue the not-so-mini-series in Hebrews 11. Number three, yes. Maxi-series, minis and (laughs) maxi-series. So today we're going to actually look at Hebrews 11, 7 to 13. As you might remember, last time I preached about Noah from Hebrews 7, uh, 11, 7. But that was on the side of God is our source. So today I want to re, re-get into it and re-look at the faith side and what Hebrews 11 can teach us about faith. So just a, just a bit of insight before we start. Hebrews 11, 7 to 13 talks about three faithful people. That's Noah, Abraham and Sarah. And we're actually going to dive into a fair bit of scripture today to build a bit of groundwork to begin with. So let's get, let's get straight into it. So Hebrews 11, 7 to 13. So, by faith, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, sorry, I didn't even say Noah there. (laughs) By faith, Noah, when warned about things not even seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Even when he did not know where he was going, by faith he made his home in a promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was able to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from the one man, and he, and he as good as dead, came descendants numerous as the stars in the sky and countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. So we'll dive in and have a look at Noah, Abraham and Sarah in their scriptures. Last time I read about Noah, so we might just skip over that one just for now, um, just to save a bit of time. So Abraham, if we go to Genesis 12, 1-4, it 
This is the promise that God gave Abraham. The Lord said to Abram, "Go from the country, your go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse." And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old and he set out from Haran. Um, and then we get to Sarah in Genesis 18, 1 to 15. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great tree of Marim. While he was sitting at the entrance of his tent, In the heat of the day, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed down low to the ground. He said, I've found favour in your eyes, my Lord. Do not pass your servants by. Let a little water be bought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under these trees, this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant, very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sears of the finest flour and knead it and bake into some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected the choice, turned the calf and gave it to the servant who hurried and to prepare it. He then bought some curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared. He set them these before them. While they... He stood near them under the tree. Where is your wife Sarah, they asked. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself and said, and as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have the pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I'll return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Then we see the um, the answer to that to that word in Genesis 21, 1-7. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said. The Lord did... Sarah what he had promised. She became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham. In his old age, at the very time he promised him, Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him, which his son Isaac was eight days old. Abraham circumcised him and got, as God commanded him. Yeah, we might just leave that part for now. Thanks, John. Um, so what can we learn from these scriptures? That they... All these guys responded to the call of God. They they trusted in God's word and promises over their life. Even though we see a human response in Sarah who laughed and doubted in God's word as she saw it impossible, God still used her and she bore the son Isaac which started the genealogy line of Christ. So as we see, as we see in life, there's an interesting response from God that he could do it all himself because he's a perfect God but yet he chooses to live out his perfect plan through us. But I'll go into that in more detail soon.
So there's one, one thing all these guys did. They lived faithfully and trusted in God's word and promises. And through this, we actually gain an important lesson for the first part. In that statement alone, they lived a life of faith. So our journey in Christ all starts with a, with a choice of faith. This is how our journey in Christ starts. It's, and this is something a lot of Christians can actually misunderstand. Living in faith and saving faith into two different types of faith without even realising it. So what, what do I mean about that? What I'm talking about is when we're saved, it's not a single act of faith. And everything after is just an add-on of faith. But when we're saved, saved our faith in Jesus... Our faith in Jesus when we're saved should not be a single act of faith, but it should be a commitment to life of living faith, living faith day by day and being faithful to him. It shouldn't be a life of once I'm saved, that's my faith part done. I'll just chuck in some faith in a few areas just to feel good. But instead, it should be a commitment to Christ and living a life of faith. If we believe that Christ defeated death, great, that's, that's our saving faith, but yet we don't believe God can use us in a certain way, then we're believing the impossible, but we're not believing what could be reality. We believe that the hard option, we believe the hard option that when Christ was raised from the death, we believe that's impossible for humans. So we believe in God that that was possible. But when he calls us to do something, we don't believe that we can do it. Can you see that that doesn't work? There's not a second level of faith to one that saves us. It's all the same. So in Hebrews 10.39 But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we, to those who have faith, are saved. It says we do not belong to those who are shrinking back what brings destruction, but we are ones that have, been, that are, that have faith and saved. It says that one faith, we're saved. and We need to continue on that one level of faith for our whole life to live a life of faith. If you believe Christ died and rose again and defeated death, then it's fairly, and that's fairly impossible without God. But with God, all things are possible. In God, the impossible becomes reality and something that looks impossible or doubtful can easily become doable. A good thing to remember is what's, impo- what's impossible in our, our eyes when it's done glorifies God and not us. Through the faith that we are saved by, and if we continue at the level in our lives, we'll glorify God through the faith we have in Him. In other words, we could put it as saving faith is pressing in, pressing on in faith day by day, saves us from destruction, and that's what Hebrews 11 is teaching us to live faith day by day. It doesn't stop once we are saved, but we need to continue that each and every day of our walk with Christ. The same faith that first made us believe should be the faith that we live in and should be the faith that we look at all situations that God calls us to. To have faith day day in and day out leads to a life of non-destruction and it's future orientated. Faith is not just looking back on what God has done in the past, it's looking forward to the promises of God and what he has promised. What leads us back to Hebrews 11.1, what says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. 
we gain confidence in what God has done in the past and how he has answered promises and how his yes is yes and his no is no. And in that confidence, it gives us assurance in the future that his promises will never fail and that his yes is yes and his no is no. Living a life of faith day in, day out, we need to take confidence from his word and his promises and see how that plays out in what Christ is asking us to do. To have confidence leads to faith and leads to a confidence in the future. A life of faith uses our knowledge of God in the past and gives us confidence in the faith for the plans that he has and the promises in our futures. What else can we get out of these, these verses? We need to respond to God's call on our lives. So James 2, 14 to 26. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does, not, does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to spies and sent them off in a different direction? As a body without a spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. We've read this, read this before. Faith without works is dead. We need action in our lives to see things happen. So there is two responses on our behalf. There are two types of response we need to have. That's an internal response and then the external response. James talks about two types, faith and deeds. That can be summed up in two responses on our behalf. An inner response, what equals faith, and an external response, what equals the fruit of faith or deeds or works. First, there's an inner response. When God calls us to something, or we feel like he wants wants to use us in some way, we need an inner response. We need to allow him to work in us. Before we can make a physical response, we need to have the inner response between the Spirit and you, having the faith in what he is saying and calling you to do. We need to make the decision to go for it or discard it. There needs to be that inner response. God doesn't need us to do his will, but he chooses us in his perfect plan. After all, wouldn't it be easier for him, a perfect God, just to do it on his own? But because he loves us and he has chosen us, he wants to involve us in his work. What just goes to show how great he is and how all the glory belongs to him. If he can still make a perfect plan work using imperfect people and still gaining a perfect result, just just goes to show how great he is and gives us confidence in what he is calling us to. Yep, no worries. 
Well, just goes to show how great he is and how all the glory belongs to him. If he still makes a perfect plan work by using imperfect people, still gaining a perfect result, just goes to show how great he is and also gives us confidence in what he is calling us to. After all, the impossible brings glory to God and not us. We just need to be living in faith that Christ wants us to use you and believe it. And it, it will be wonders what he does when we just surrender all that and choose to live a faith-filled life day by day. It starts with the inner response. Secondly comes the external response in faith. We've got to go through the first step of the inner response. That's great. But like we read, faith without works is dead. So we need to have faith and the external response and we see that external response equals the fruit of the faith. God's plan doesn't always make sense or it just seems completely impossible that, we're, that we need to have confidence in what, he, what we see in the word and how that might look in the future and what he is calling us to. By faith, we need the inner response and the, and the external response to be living a faithful life. We see examples of the two responses in Hebrews 11. First with Noah. God told Noah his plan and what he was going to do. He was going to flood the world. So in these, if you looked at Noah in these days and age, you could basically see that God wanted to bring an apocalypse to the earth and Noah was the first doomsday prepper, basically, <laughs> if you know that show. Um, but anyway, God was going to do something never seen or heard in history. He's going to send a flood to wipe out, to wipe out the world. So first of all, Noah had to make an inner response to God, whether he was going to go ahead and build the ark or not. Was God serious or would it just be okay not to do it? But Noah had confidence in God and in a holy fear went ahead and built the ark because he had faith in God's words and understood that God would do what he said. He had confidence in God's words and that that was Noah's inner response. As we read before, faith without works is dead. So can you imagine these days if Noah left, left it at an inner response? He was that excited that God spoke to him. He's gone down to the coffee shop, told all his mates, said he's got faith that God's going to do this. But you know what? I'm not the guy to build it. I'm just going to sit back and see what happens. What would have happened then? Just, just like the rest of the world, Noah would have been engulfed in the flood. But, but as we read the scripture, Noah didn't leave it at an inner response. The external response was to build the ark with full confidence that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. No matter what anybody else said, he was confident in God. When it was something that the world had never seen before, what equaled Noah walking out a faithful life. So then we get to Abraham, or Abram at the time. As we read, God called Abram to get up and leave his family and his father's house, the land where he had spent his life, and to get up and move to a place that he knew nothing about and leave the comfort of their home and family and go out and live in a tent in a foreign land. As we read, the words from God were fairly encouraging. He had a pretty positive word from God that was pretty easy to go, but that God was going to make him into a great nation and bless him. Greatly, but it still took an inner response of faith and confidence in God's word to pack up his family and leave the place that he knows. He had to trust God. 
So even with a, with a strong word from God and still a big thing to move your family, everyone, anyone who's ever done it would agree that it's a fight between your mind and God's word to whether you're really doing the right thing. But we can see Abraham's inner response was to go. And the external response, they went. And through the inner response, Abraham was credited with obedience in his faith because God called him to go and he said, if you bless through that, so he went. But it's another one of those ones where you need to be living by faith day by day because if you have ever done it before, it's hard to get up and move your life from where you are to a place where God's called you. But if you keep reading Abraham's story, you'll find just because you move doesn't mean you're going to see a result straight away. God's plan, away. it wouldn't be easy. As you read Abraham's story, he had challenges and he didn't see blessings. He saw blessings, but yet those blessings came with challenges. But in saying that, God was always faithful to his word and promises and blessed Abraham and his family. Once again, we see the picture of living a life of faith, having two responses, inner and external. It talks about Sarah. As we see, Sarah knew that she and Abraham were past childbearing age and that she was barren. In a human mindset, it's impossible for her and Abraham to have kids. Although this mindset, we see the first response of a human reaction where Sarah laughed at God's word, not fully trusting in it and doubting God, we see as we read through, um, she, she became faithful to that word. So the inner response might have been shaky to start with, but as we read, without going into too much de- detail, what the external response would have been, you end up with Isaac. Um, what in turn started the, the line of Christ and God's people. So what does this come to? These two responses sum up, up what it is to live a life of faith. We might not make sense without God, but with God it becomes more than possible. With living a life of faith puts us in a place to believe the impossible because everything is possible in him. We need the inner response of faith and the outer response of deeds together to be able to live a faithful life. Without one, the other is dead. With all these guys, um, they have the faith and the deeds together. Having faith and deeds positions us in a place to glorify God. And all three of these guys have put themselves in a place to be faithful to God. So living, living a life of faith, God's plans never fail. If we look at Noah, everything God said would happen, did happen. And Noah's faithfulness, he was saved. Abraham and Sarah, once again, everything God said he would, he would do was done. Can you imagine if you're in the shoes of Abraham? He was 75 years old when God moved him to another land and Sarah was well past the age of childbearing and was barren and God was telling Abraham, your descendants would be like the stars in the sky and sands on the seashore. It took amazing faith to live a life of faith day in, day out. If you look at it in the human eyes, but in God, that is possible. As we read... the. As we read in the word, everything God said to these guys happened. He is faithful to us. All we need to do is live a life of faith. In return, he will never lead us down the wrong path. Luke 1.37
For no word from God will ever fail. As we see, Noah was blessed because his family lived and survived the flood. Abraham lived in prosperity in the promised land and Sarah had a son which she thought was impossible. They were blessed on the earth, but as you read in Hebrews 11.13, it says, All these people still were, uh, were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them in from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. Noah, Abraham and Sarah, they did not receive their promises while they were blessed, while they were alive. They were heirs to the promises, it says. They ushered it in from a distance, although they were blessed on the earth, they didn't see the promises coming full. But through the way they lived in their faithful lives, God was faithful to his promise. He had something better for them. If we jump ahead a bit to Hebrews 11, 39 to 40, it says, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So there's something better that Christ has for us, and that's that's the promise of Christ. Christ came; He made us to make us righteous, and through that promise, everything is fulfilled through Him. We are saved by His blood and His righteousness. Um, I'll just leave that there. So what can we get from these, these passages? We are called to respond to the Father. Father, and accepting Christ is the first response, but we need to make, make sure that's not the finishing response. We need to constantly respond each and every day and have the same faith that we have in Christ to live a faithful life to what God's calling us to. It takes a response of inner faith and external faith to see where God's leading us. And I might leave it there for today. So I might just pray. Before we close, Father, we just we thank you for your greatness, Lord. We thank you for how amazing you are, Lord. We we thank you for the images of faith, Lord, that we see in the Bible, Father. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us to make that inner and the external external uh, jump, Father. I just pray, Lord, that we'll have faith with deeds, Father, and you'll bless us through that, Father. We we pray, Lord, that we'll take courage in your word, Lord, and and continue to bless us each and every day. Amen. Thanks for listening to City Edge Church. For more information, go to cityedgechurch.com.au.